In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today we celebrate the birth of John the Baptist. He was six months older than his cousin Jesus. For the secular minded, that means you have a little more than 180 shopping days left until Christmas. <laughs> Unlike the Blessed Virgin Mother of our Lord, the father of John the Baptist, Zacharias, did not believe the angel Gabriel when the angel came to announce that his family would experience a miraculous birth, that his wife Elizabeth would give birth to a child in her old age, past menopause in our language. The consequence of this unbelief was that Zechariah was not able to speak until the child was born. And we heard in the gospel today the events by which he regained his speech. He regained them when he finally obeyed Gabriel's voice and said that the child's name was John. John the Baptist is the focus of a few Old Testament prophecies, one of which is the last two verses of the Old Testament from the book of the prophet Malachi. It says, quote, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. St. Luke tells us that St. John the Baptist came, quote, in the spirit and power of Elijah to fulfill this prophecy. Most scholars, or at least some scholars, date Malachi somewhere around 450 B.C. From the time of Malachi to the appearance of John the Baptist, there was not a recognized prophet in Israel a gap of roughly 480 years. This prophetic gap is highly significant for our understanding of the Old Testament. From the time that God appeared to Moses, roughly 1450 uh, to 1500 BC, according to traditional dating, to the time of Malachi, Israel had prophets, people to whom God spoke. To be sure, there were times when during to Israel, due to Israel's disobedience, uh, God went silent for a season, but never for over 400 years. The absence of a prophet is the principal characteristic of what we call the intertestamental period, the time between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament roughly between Malachi and John. During this time, there was no one in Israel who could say, thus says the Lord. There was no one to whom, quote, the word of the Lord came, as that language is always used in uh, the prophecies that came to the prophets. The books of the Apocrypha come from this period, and these apocryphal Apocryphal books help us understand the history and the religion of Israel in this intertestamental period. And we read them in church for edification and instruction. However, they are differentiated from the Old and New Testament because they were not written by prophets. They come from this period of time when there were no prophets in Israel.
The absence of a recognized prophet in Israel helps us to understand the meaning of the concept of exile. In 586 BC, towards the end of the Old Testament, the Babylonians invaded Jerusalem and destroyed Solomon's temple. The people of Israel, at least most of the ruling classes, were carried off into exile in Babylon, which is located roughly in modern Iraq. And this happened, we are told in the Bible, because the people were unfaithful to God's covenant. God subsequently led his people back to the promised land, and the temple was rebuilt. The rebuilding project was completed in 515 BC, roughly 70 years later. The last of the Old Testament prophets, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, prophesied to Israel during this time when the Jews were returning to rebuild the temple and then also to rebuild the city and the walls of the city. These events have been the focus of our Old Testament lessons at evening prayer for the last season of time. But these prophets prophesied up until about 450 BC. Then God did not speak to Israel through a prophet until John. This is one way of saying that Israel's exile was ended, but not completely. The geographical exile from God's temple in Jerusalem was ended, but the rebuilt and renewed community did not enjoy the fullness of the covenant promises that God had made to Moses. The rebuilt temple was the shadow of Solomon's glorious temple. Israel was under the dominion of foreign rulers, and many Jewish people never returned to the land. That is to say, Israel was still waiting for God to come and save the nation. This is the backdrop for the New Testament expectation that the Messiah would come. The epistle lesson today from Isaiah 40 is used in all the Gospels to describe the ministry of John the Baptist. John is the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. That is to say, God was returning to Israel. The 480-year gap was over. God was speaking again <clears throat> through John, the last of the Old Testament-style prophets. He would prepare the people to receive the prophet, the word made flesh. Isaiah's highway-building imagery is a metaphor for a cleaning out of human sin that is the principal barrier to God's return. The valleys that must be filled in are the absence of faith and holiness. The mountains that must be leveled are human pride. The crooked road is the people's perverse way of living. As Isaiah said in another passage, quote, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. The roadwork necessary to prepare the way for God's return is described by John the Baptist in one word, repent. Repent. 
John was an egalitarian. He taught that everyone needed to repent, the religious and the irreligious, the rich and the poor. John pulled no punches and showed no delicacy. When he sensed the insincerity of the religious leaders who came to be baptized, he said to them, quote, you snakes, who told you that you could escape the punishment God is about to send? John taught that genuine repentance results in concrete change. We can't just say we're sorry. We must, quote, bear fruits worthy of repentance. We must respond to the needs of the poor. We must be honest and just in the workplace. We must be content with what God has given us and not complain. For John, these were not suggestions. As John said, quote, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Someone once observed that John was full of truth while Jesus is full of grace and truth. We need the truth, but we also need the grace. There is more to the gospel than John, but John cannot be skipped. We live in a time when teaching about sin tends to be minimized and teaching about God's love tends to be maximized. Sometimes people falsely assume that God's love for us causes him to ignore or overlook our sin. As God said in Jeremiah, quote, they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace. The gift of the Holy Spirit to all of God's people on Pentecost that we receive in our baptism has changed forever the nature of prophetic ministry among God's people. As Moses said to Joshua in Numbers, quote, Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Prophetic ministry in the church is connected to the ministry of the word, as the word is proclaimed and read in church, and as the Bible is read, marked, learned, inwardly digested in our practices of Bible reading and Bible study. Exile and return from exile are themes of our lives of prayer. When we drift into complacency, bad habits, and actual sin, we need to hear again the voice of John the Baptist calling us to repent and return, calling us to make room in our hearts for Christ, calling us to change our behavior in concrete ways. Repentance is the means to the end. The end is Christ. He is the telos of our faith. John's ministry was to confront sin, but also then to introduce us to the answer to sin. And John's most important words are embedded in our liturgy. Quote, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.